Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 43 of the All In Football Fantasy Premier League Show podcast. I am your host, the FPL guru, self-proclaimed, of course, at 4.8 million in the world, broke in the top 5 million this week. Very, very happy about that. Uh, Alex Rex, and joining me today on his lonesome is Scott Williams. Scotty, how are you doing today, sir? Yeah, not bad. Not a great midweek fantasy for me, but, you know, scraping by, scraping by. Yeah, you both what fielded nine players in the end. I think you're going to have this week if if all goes well tonight. Because uh, we are recording prior to Leeds Leicester, Fulham, Villa. So you uh, have you have you got playing tonight for you? Got three players. We've got uh, Mitrovic, Andres Pereira, and uh, Madison. No, yeah. not Madison. Bloody hell, he's banned. <laughs> <laughs> Some someone else is called. I uh, have yeah, Eric Bailly. <laughs> Leon Bailey. Leon Bailey, lovely. <laughs> uh, I've got the same two Fulham lads and I've got Castagna against Leeds tonight. Um, it, it's, such, it's such a needle, though, on fantasy football when you click on it for points and it doesn't say Madison's banned anymore. That's really annoyed me. <laughs> it should. It should keep the flag on until the start. It should. Yeah, until, until the, well, it should just always on that week forever. Yeah. Um, but there you go. We'll, uh, I'll give that feedback to uh, FPL Towers. Don't you worry. Thanks ever so much for everyone tuning in this week. Don't forget to uh, follow us on our socials, all on Football P, on Football Pod, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, and like the video on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel and also subscribe to where you get your podcasts from for Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get them from. Uh, let's uh, start <coughs> start off with getting my breath back. Whoopsie daisy. There you go. That's tripping over uh, tripping over your words. And looking at the uh, the league and looking at manager of the week for um, the previous game week, because uh, at this very time we're in game week 12, but I need to be manager of the week for game week 11. And drum roll, please. It's our very own man who's taken a minus 12 this week. <laughs> Len Deacon, who is one of our uh, Englishmen li- listening in France, one of our uh, French listeners to the uh, to the podcast who is not French, but listens in France. So thank you very much for getting us even more global then. Um, yeah, congratulations on your game week 11 total of um, Scott's favourite number, 69. Hey! <laughs> thank you very much. I, uh, I, I don't do the jokes on this podcast for a reason. Um, <laughs> so well done, Len. Uh, Saar with uh, the penalty save, 14 points. Uh, Sharon, Trippier, Gabriel and Perisic, you got full clean sweep of returns from your defenders. Phil Foden, Erling Haaland or Haaland, Erdegaard, Jesus, McAllister and Kane. Those are the uh, those are the players. He had a fantastic week with 69 points. Just, just pipping our favourite Howcroft. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, Heather with 68 points that week. Neither of you took took hits, um, but Heather brought uh, out with her team out for the mount. She had Mason Mount in her team, but she had your shout in there, Hoiberg. That's it. She, well, she's had him in a couple of weeks. Like even prior to me shouting out, she uh, she had him in. So she were she were messaging me, and we were quite happy that Hoiberg did get a goal because he's looked dangerous. It's all about the eye test, isn't it, Heather? And you've done well, last. Well done. Yeah, we've done that. Smashed it this week. Uh, smashed it this week. Smashed it last week, um, and uh, this week currently sitting on twenty eight points. So it's been a, it's been an in- interesting week so far. Um, we've had uh, in our mini league this week. Uh, I've got I've got a few got a few stats about our mini league. Do you know what I'll do? I'll, I'll 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 do those stats. That's what I'll do. So um, 20, <laughs> 29 different players. So I've just, just saw our names on Zoom, mate. But carry on. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. yeah. For all you, uh, for all you YouTube listeners, um, I managed to fit all the digits of my rank on my screen. Um, yes, twenty-nine different players were transferred in this week, which was very exciting, very different. Um, the, we had uh, fourteen different captains, but seven people in our league captained either Jesus or Harland. Um, guys, uh, you, you're obviously not listening to this podcast because you're definitely not playing FPL uh, or you forgot about your teams. I did see David Knowlton's team. I think he captained Jesus and vice-captained Haaland or vice versa. So even then, you got to get lucky enough to get a captain playing this week. Uh, but we had 12 other different captains in play. So it was exciting to see that. Um, six players brought in Salah this week, 12 players sold Madison. Um, and uh, the most play- owned player, in our league is Kieran Trippier. 36 out of 40 teams owned him. And well done to uh, Jack Howcroft for captaining him this week. The only player in our uh, in our league to captain him. Um, and he's the uh, one of the top scorers in the game. Five people did vi- um, uh, vice. Pavan was there. Vice captain. Um, we've had quite a few free hits um, this week as well. Uh, a couple of wild cards. 
So uh, it, we have actually got eight people who haven't used it was oh yeah four free hits in a wild card this week we haven't actually we've actually got some eight people sorry out of 40 who haven't used their wild cards yet so we've got ash norris heather howcroft not used her wild card yet uh paddy madden lewis evans steve cousins Bicar michael michael hughes and uh one man who definitely isn't listening to this podcast jimmy barker <laughs> um <laughs> those guys haven't used their wildcard and i actually had a question this weekend from uh from from our listeners uh, about ideal wildcard teams so um i had a, a quick look um but we'll, we'll we will touch on that as we go through the podcast because i think that's it that's an, an important one uh but seven free hits used four triple captains used shout out to sandy punjan well done for harland uh and uh, a couple of a couple of bench boosts already um but overall the uh, the 10% of managers used their free hit uh, this week. 18% of the top 10,000 managers used their free hit this week, um, which is, is a lot. And 33% of managers in the top 10K have used their free hit so far. So that's, that's a high number compared to what I thought it would be for the top 10,000 managers. So it just shows that... Because the more experienced FPL manager, and I'm, this is not me saying anything bad whatsoever about anyone who's used a free hit right now, but the more experienced FPL manager who's been planning ahead probably wouldn't have used their free hit by now, generally speaking. Uh, they'd have probably planned for the, because moving forward, it's game week 28, 29, 30 camera, which one it is, but the FA Cup quarterfinal is going to be a big blank. So just if you can keep hold of it, if you haven't used it yet, then, then do so. If you have used it, then what I will stress is to keep a very close eye on um, the FA Cup quarterfinals because the teams who are playing in there will blank in one of the later game weeks. So you have to just either plan your second wild card around that or, yeah. But we'll we'll, we'll touch on that later on because that's basically, it almost feels like a second season, doesn't it, Scott? It does, yeah. It's, it feels like, yeah, we are very much coming to the end of it. End of this one, it, it, it's, it's a bit sad, but I've, I'm feeling like in another four weeks, four game weeks time, I'm really gonna want to be, you know, top top, you know, five or six in this this mini league. Um, it's gonna be a long. It's gonna be a long World Cup for you, Alex. Let's be honest. You're gonna be you've been looking at a very high rank for a lot of weeks, but um, you've only really got yourself to blame on that one. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, <laughs> it's a got for punishment. I was like, do you know, no one caps this week against Sterling. He got rotated. He won't get rotated again this week. He'll play. Um, and he has the best statistics, even after Mount scored the scored his two goals. Sterling still has the best stats. He still has his best history. Yeah, I know it was a gamble pick and it didn't pay off. Um, but I did also think that at least this week, if it doesn't pay off, then um, it's probably going to do me the least damage possible. Uh, and I'm right so far, as long as Mitrovic doesn't go nuts tonight. Um, so I think he's the only the only captains that's left that hasn't played yet. Uh, but the, the mini league, the position of it, it was all really close still. Um, 704 points, David Burns top, um, even after Bowen's missed penalty. Uh, Nicola Tomlinson in second and Jeff Belcher still right up there in third, all breaking the 700-point mark. Dan Clark, they're beneath him and then Ash, Ash Norris. But we've got from first place all the way down to... 14th there's still only 50 points in it you know even further down than that isn't there yeah even further down what we got 655 yeah to, to 18th place it's only yeah, 50 just got off Tom I like that yeah sorry Tommy <laughs> in 19th uh, but the top Sp- 8 special shout out to Tommy just made the top 1.6 million which was his aim this week <laughs> yeah, yeah. He told us that earlier on that he was very proud of the top 1.6 million but I, I do think anyone in the top 18 still went well within the uh, capabilities of winning this league you know, it's 50 points when he had 12 game weeks and one of them was basically cancelled because of the Queen passing away so there's um, in essence we've only really had 11 game weeks so 20 Seven left. Um, there's a long way to go. Uh, but anyone who's in that top 18 in the league probably still stands a very good chance of winning. Then you get down to the people with, you know, or about more of a, like a hundred points down to the to the to, to the thirtieth place. And then if you go all the way down to the bottom ten in the league, um, I'm afraid, guys, uh, it's going to be a long way back for us um, to try and get anywhere near uh, the uh, the top half of this league. It's just the way that it's worked out. We we need. Um, a Erling Haaland massive drop off in form uh, and a variety of captains, options, and choices. So yes, we'll uh, really just 
touching base on the mini league. Wanted to wanted to do that. Uh, do that first of all. I've had quite a lot of questions come in, but I think the the best way. So thank you ever so much for everyone who sent a question in as well. It really helps us structure the podcast. Uh, but the first place to start really is the fact that we've got a four game mini season now, and the fixture ticker. As we have a look at it, with there's some some key teams and key players towards the towards the top of here. Now I'm, I'm not sure how much I agree with with fantasy football hubs fixture ticker with some of these. Um, some of these rankings um, in terms of like, you know, Fulham away for Everton being a red, but you know, like, you know, games like that, it's not really a red, but I know it judges it on form as well, but West Ham are top of the fixture, fixture ticker. Uh, they have three home fixtures all against Bournemouth, Crystal Palace and Leicester up until the World Cup. So three fantastic fixtures. They've got United away in game week 14 and United played fantastically well last night. Bruno, Bruno, Portuguese Magnifico um, with the fantastic performance. Man City, are right there. Second on the ticker. Again, three home games, and they've been unbelievable in home fixtures. And just to reiterate a fact I heard earlier, is Phil Foden has returned in every single home fixture for Man City this season, as well as he started all of the league games. There's a player that's probably going to go up in price uh, tonight. That's in Thursday night, and I'll try my best to get this uploaded on Thursday. Um, but most people, I'm sure, will listen to it on Friday, but I think his price will go up to 8.4 by the time everyone listens to this. Um, but three home fixtures, and there are away games against Leicester. So as a priority... And if you are wildcarding right now, you need to have three Man City players. Simple as that. Uh, Pep's not even really been rotating. And if you've got three Man City players, what do you think, Scott? I'm Harlan, Cancelo and Foden. Can you look any further than that? If obviously De Bruyne potentially, but in, yeah. any, what, are your, what are your thoughts? Yeah, my thoughts are exactly what you said there. Um, as we're speaking, getting Phil Foden into my team. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think having Harlan's never coming out of anyone's team unless he gets injured. Um I think the way way people have got the money locked up now, a lot of people would have gone, um, you know, Salah to, um, Salah to, sorry, Kevin De Bruyne to Salah, like I did. And are you really going to take Salah out when they're playing Forest away? Absolutely not. So then you've got to look at other options. And Foden in that midfield is by far the option. Um, he's playing well. He's looking great. And like you say, Pep's just not rotating him. He's one of his go-to guys now. Potentially could maybe look at a Gundogan. But I think you'd be a bit silly. I think you've got to stick to what you know. And uh, yeah, Cancelo for me, um, he's 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 looking he's looking really good again. Um, he scored in a the other week against someone, and uh, yeah, he's he's just the go-to guy there. He's just he's he's more he's not is what is what we said about like a Trent and a Robbo last season. Is what we said in the past about Marcus Alonso. They ain't defenders. They're not the midfield. The the the, the wingers. So they're gonna have great chances to. Um, get get assists and get goals. So yeah, them them three will are in my team now until the World Cup. I agree. Foden's um, almost certainly my transfer in this week. Um, almost without a doubt. Um, I, I mean, it just yeah, I think he's somebody who has shown that he's going to be a lot more consistent this season and a lot um, and consistent in terms of being picked as well and not being rotated. But one of the main questions we've had this week, and if you listen to any other FPL content, one of the main questions has been Foden versus Saka. Uh, and I'll also do um, a comparison between Saka and Martinelli in a bit. Um, but this has been the main one, and the reason being because Saka's returned 24 points in the last two weeks, um, which is... Uh, like 34, 35%, something like that in terms of his entire points return of the whole season. So, and he, he just looks better. I don't know if any of you guys uh, watched the, the Liverpool game. Obviously, yeah, some of you people listening to us will have gone to the Leeds game. Um, yes, but 24 points looks fantastic. But well, let's compare Foden and Saka. In terms of the fixtures over the next four, so what I would say is, Three of the next four for City are at home, um, whereas three of the next four for um, Arsenal are away. I don't get me wrong, they don't have bad form. They've only lost one game this season. It was to United Old Trafford. Their home game is against Nottingham Forest, um, which is in game week 14. And in game week 13, they play Southampton away, whereas in 15, they have Chelsea away. In 16, they have Wolves away, who will have a new manager by then, hopefully, if someone actually decides they want to manage Wolves and doesn't turn down the job anymore. Um, But... Yes. In terms of the fixtures, I do think that Southampton away and Forest at home is better than Brighton at home and Leicester away over the next two. 
I think those are better fixtures. I think Foden is a better player. If we look at his points uh, for, for podcast listeners, I know this is up on the screen for YouTube watchers, but points per start, 6.4 to 6, uh, 6.3. So very close. Goals 0.6 to 0.4. Assists 0.4 to 0.5. I'm doing Foden statistics first compared to Saka's, by the way, here. Expected points 5.25 for Foden, 5.02 for Saka. So it is it is close. Um, big chances, 0.5 to 0.4. XG 3.6 to 3.4. Obvious answer. If you can get both, get both. Because I think they're both going to be fantastic options over the next two weeks if you can afford to do so. But for me, overall, Foden is the better pick. But what I will say is that if you did want to go for Saka for the next couple two weeks and then change to Foden for 15-16 for Fulham and then Brentford at home, I don't think that's a bad option if you want to try and do something that is a li- maybe a little different. Um, but I do worry that Foden will bite you. I think... I, the next the next two game weeks are going to be interesting. Scott, any do you have any any thoughts on on my yeah. my reflections there? Yeah, I would I would just say, look, think about the last few seasons when Man City have lost big games and have a little look and see what happened in the next game. They bite back and they bite back big. They they typically um, win comfortably, and I can see Brighton getting a bit of a hiding at the weekend. I really can because they are going to be pumped for that. They've had a, they've had a week's rest. Um, Brighton have obviously played a bit of a grueling match the other night um, against Forest. Um, Forest, yeah. So they've played that, and they're going to be they're going to be chomping. They're going to be annoyed that they've lost to Liverpool. Um, they're going to come out and they're going to. I think they can win that five or six nil. I really do. Um, and I think not having Foden in your team for me would be quite quite terrifying. So for that reason he's definitely coming in but if they'd maybe won the Liverpool game and maybe played a midweek game I think there'd be more scope for looking at a Martinelli or a Saka but no I think I think they're gonna they're gonna be they're gonna be biting and, and I think to be fair Leicester away this season it's, I mean, it's a tough game as in Leicester a good team I still think but I think there's just goals in that game isn't there for City there is goals in that game for City and when you have a look at well, City have had a week off as well. Is yeah. one thing to say they've not they've not played a midweek game. Um, Howland's had his rest anyway as well. No, yeah, no, yeah, just thought I'd, you know make sure I reiterated that. Uh, but they, um, <laughs> but he he had his rest as well before against Copenhagen. Yes, uh, and yeah. their their next game is Dortmund in the Champions League. I think um, they've already qualified. qualified. Um, yeah. They're playing Dortmund to make sure that they. Um, get finished top of the group. Yeah. I'm pretty sure if they like avoid defeat, um, because they're three points clear of Dortmund and then in the head to head they'll have won and drawn. So then they win the group if they draw in that midweek. Uh, so it, again, I don't think that's a, a bad a bad one at all. Uh, I, I was just trying to find Leicester's home form and I'm, because I'm pretty sure that they've only won once. Yeah, they've won once at home all season. So a couple of but, draws, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, so not nothing, nothing too exciting. Martinelli against Saka, another interesting one. So this season so far, Martinelli has returned uh, 50, fifty-eight points to Saka. Right, fifty-eight to sixty-three. Is that what they've ended up doing? Um, let me just double check that because I, I just want to make sure that my my system is correct. Yeah, fifty-eight sixty-three. So Saka's just surpassed him in terms of points scored in the last two game weeks. Oh. Um, but in terms of the overall statistics, I thought it'd still be ahead actually. There, so that's coming by surprise. But um, in terms of goals, they're on the the same amount. But expected points for Martinelli is ahead at, at, at fifty six point eight compared to fifty. So Martinelli is kind of performing on his stats, where Saka's overperformed by thirteen points. Saka does have penalties, which obviously makes a makes a difference uh, whether you're picking him or not. But the statistics are relatively close. But in the most recent fixtures in game weeks, if we have a look at, let's just say, the last since game week eight, which I'm going to click on to here. Great listening for podcast listeners here. You can see that Saka has started to outperform him by quite a long way in terms of expected points, expected goals, big chances, shots in the box, shots on target, shots and chances created. So over the past three to four game weeks, basically in the mini, the, the other little mini period of time we've had since the Queen passed, 
Saka has actually outperformed Martinelli by 13 points, two goals, the same amount of assists. His XG is more than one per game higher. Um, his uh, his assists are getting one per game, well, over one per this period of time, higher, two compared to 0.9 expected points. Inside. So Saka has emerged over the past four, five weeks as a better option than Martinelli in terms of being able to pick. Yeah, I mean... I think you've also got a thing of the eye test, though. Um, I didn't see the Leeds game. It obviously wasn't on TV. Um, he got you know the bonus points on that. But I know he out. I know he outscored Martinelli for the Liverpool game. But he was the best player on that pitch by a mile. Martinelli was. I I thought he was electric and he was just creating chances left, right, and centre. Um, so I think if you take those two games into isolation and just look at the points, you'd absolutely be jumping on Saka, and that's what I think a lot of people will do. Um, because at the end of the day, people transfer players in in form. But I think you've also this is when we're banging about the eye test. He was so good against Liverpool. Um, and he and I thought Martinelli as well. Uh, the game before against Spurs, he looked lively. So I would still be leaning on Martinelli just because I think he looks great. But I don't think you, I don't think it's a mistake to get Saka in. I think it's very close. I think it's closer than the De Bruyne. Uh, sorry, it's closer than the Foden. Or Martinelli e slash Saka. I think yeah. it's close. Yeah, no, fine. I, I I appreciate. It. I think Foden is definitely the best option as well after out of those overall. And Kevin De Bruyne against Foden. Just a, a quick analysis on those guys. I mean, Foden and um, has just shown more attacking threat uh, than De Bruyne, but De Bruyne has shown way more in terms of actual assists. If this screen can stay in the right place for me, that would be great. Um, but their points are only four points different. But uh, you know, Foden scored six goals, got four assists. De Bruyne scored one goal and got nine assists. So you know, the, 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 their their play is totally different. Foden's ceiling is much higher. I mean, I know Foden, three of those goals did come in one game, which we all want to forget about. Um, but still, at the same time, I think Foden has got a, a stronger goal potential, which is you know pretty obvious by the look of this. Expected goals three point six compared to De Bruyne's one point seven for the season so far. So is De Bruyne worth it compared to Foden? I don't think so. No. Again, so I think Foden is is the is the better option there to to cover off uh, cover off that that option. Two because we've discussed City there um, as well as Arsenal um, to finish off the Arsenal conversation, Scott. Your opinion on the best Arsenal assets? Who do you think are the best? The the top three players that you would pick for Arsenal? Because I think a lot of people, if they're wildcarding, for example, right now, will go for three Arsenal players in a wildcard. Yeah, top three would be uh, Martelli, Saka and Jesus. Okay. I wouldn't, I'd still be worried about touching the defence a little bit. They they would, they should have conceded against Leeds. Uh, from what I've heard, they've conceded a couple against Liverpool, they've conceded against Spurs. They've got the they've got and it's not like the defenders are creating too much. So I would be just looking at their top end of the pitch. Yeah. So um I also agree. So from the perspective of defenders, I mean the top three performing players this season are Saka, Martinelli, and Jesus, and then it's Saliba after that. Martin Erdegaard would be the only other player that I might consider, but at the same time, you're not going to go with three Arsenal midfielders and you're gonna have Martinelli and Saka over Erdegaard. Yeah, so it doesn't make any any sense to do that. But yeah, Gabriel or Saliba, Ben White's a a, a good Ben White's just value at four point five, and he's playing all the time. Mm. So if you were going to be bulking up a wild card team and you wanted a fourth defender and you didn't, you know, you wanted to go for Harland, Kane, and Tony, or Harland, Mitrovic, and Tony, or whatever, and you didn't want Jesus, then getting a third Arsenal player in who happens to be Ben White as a fourth defender. Again, not a mistake. I think that's just absolutely fine uh, if you want to uh, wanted to go with that. Back to the fixtures to make our way through. Uh, Everton are next. And we had a lovely question, Scott. Oh, we're, like, like, we're like nice questions. It's, uh, it's, it's a funny one. Uh, Callum, <laughs> Callum Burnett sent in, is uh, the Anthony Gordon recommendation this year's Lucas Mora <laughs> <laughs> from the podcast? So since we recommended... Uh, Anthony Gordon. Do you? Which was how many, how many weeks ago was it? I'm gonna say like four weeks ago. I'm gonna say we. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm looking at the fixtures now. We how, probably chatted about him pre Southampton. So yeah, I'm gonna pre, say like four. four games do, you know many, do you know how many points he's got in four game weeks? 
I'm going to say three points. Three, three points. Yeah. Yeah. He's got three points. Um, so, uh, what's it was your... Dan Thorne, though, wasn't he? No, of course. Well, what's your, <laughs> what's your take on Everton? Because let's be honest, yeah. you know, Pal- Palace at home, Fulham away, Leicester at home, Bournemouth away are some of the best fixtures out there. Yeah. Um, Everton as a, as a team, Scott, discuss. Yeah. Um, I still don't think Gordon's bad. He's so cheap. And he's gonna he he plays all the time and he's probably their best attacking outlet. Um, I I don't think he's bad um, a bad player to have in there. Um, I think Everton are boring. If I'm honest, I think they have to be boring at the minute. I think fair play to Frank Lampard. Uh, looking at the last fixtures, obviously the last lost last night to uh, Newcastle one uh, nil, um, which again away at Newcastle is probably one of the harder fixtures. But I mean. If you look at the statistics, uh, they didn't have a shot on goal. They had one shot off goal. It's not looking too impressive going forward. Um, well, they signed Neil Mope, didn't they? So that's never going to be the best the best move for them. Took they've, Gordon out of the middle, which is annoying. They've gone from spending like fifty million on players to buying Neil Mope. It's not a great time, is it? Um, I yeah. would say Everton stay away. Uh, they're leaking. They're leaking goals. It's not like they had a couple of games where they drew Liverpool and beat West Ham where they didn't concede any. But they've conceded now in the last um, four four games. I wouldn't necessarily see this playing too solid enough to bring any defenders in. Their attackers are boring. I would, do you know what? I think out of every team in the league, I would stay away from Everton the most. But well, yes. if you've got if you've got a Gordon, he's, he is still cheap and he is enabling stuff. So he's someone that will probably coming out when I do my wild when I when when it's the wild card period. But I'm not probably taking him out now because he's just cheap. It's just ridiculous because I mean their expected goals conceded is 19. Yeah, like and they've only conceded 12. So that just goes to show how Pickford's well Pickford's season, been playing. Yeah, yeah Pick, great. Just in time for the World Cup, fortunately, which is great news. But um. Yeah, Everton, the only teams that have conceded less goals than Everton this season are Brighton, Man City, Arsenal, Chelsea and Newcastle. Yeah. Which is pretty insane. I mean, don't get me wrong, they've conceded the same amount as West Ham, Spurs and Liverpool. But that puts Everton in a top six, top eight defence in terms of actual goals conceded, whereas their expected goals conceded has puts them in relegation form. So no, I, I think if um, defenders as well. I think if there was Patterson not injured still, you, again you wouldn't be looking at bringing him out of the team because what was he four million when people brought him in? But yep. now he's injured. I don't think there's anyone cheap enough to bring in defensively that you would. I mean, who's the cheapest of them? Four point five is too expensive to be bringing anyone in. You'd be you'd, you'd rather even just the top of my head bring in like a Henry for Brentford. I'm sure he's four four and a half as well. Yeah. So. It's uh, just, you know, it's been a weird season when Alex Awobi is your top scoring player, yeah, don't you? Over the 39 I mean, points. Uh, I brought him in the draft this week. Did you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, Cody, 38 points and Pickford, 33. Yeah. Uh, generally speaking, uh, if you again, if you're looking at a wild card option, I, I wouldn't be, wouldn't be um, taking too long looking at Gordon. Uh, but again, if you've got him, I wouldn't be selling him. No. Um, let's just put it that way. Spurs. They looked really bad last night against United. I think yep. personally, I, but I didn't. The what's happened to Son? What's gone on there? I just I can't. He played twenty minutes at like an unbelievable play. I mean, this is more about football than it is about FPL. But I mean, he was one of the top scoring FPL assets last season. Top scorer, Golden Boot winner. Hmm. Just terrible. Yeah, this season. Um, there was one chance that fell to him yesterday. I mean, not many people have watched United Spurs and actually kept it turned on until 70 minutes or whatever. There was a ball yesterday which just bounced to him in the penalty area. And I yeah. just thought to it, last season, Son would have got a shot mm-hmm. on goal or something out of it. And he just half missed the ball and like felt bad. Confidence is just not there, is it? Confidence um, is gone um, a little bit, which is weird. I mean, the the way they, they settled like a Conte team last night, didn't they? Um, they're playing on the counter-attack, which... All fairness to Man United, when Casemiro and Fred were fantastic in stopping that counter attack, really last night we were excellent. Um, and yeah, they didn't didn't really have any chances. I thought Man United, I, I, I thought it was more, just Man United were better than Spurs were poor. I think a lot of credit goes to Ten Hag and how he set that team up last night. Um, I weirdly enjoyed the game. I watched the whole game. Um, I thought like Man United, it was just just peppering and just showing some really good class. Uh, but yeah, Sonny has gone right off the boil. 
Um, he's going to get minutes now, though, isn't he? With you know Richarlison been out and yeah. Kulavesk is injured, isn't he still? Yep. So he's going to get minutes, but yeah, they're just just not just not on it at the minute. But I guess with the style, when did Conte come in? I think it was there all season. Eh? Was it? Was he here last season? Yeah, I don't, I don't remember how much he did last season, but he was here last season as well. Yeah, I can't remember, I can't remember how long he was here for. Though. Just they were just more attacking, though, wasn't there last season? It feels like. Um, but yes, yeah. it's, it's um. I I just like I was listening last night. By the way, uh, Five Live Sports Extra. They had Jonathan Woodgate commentating, and he was the most biased Spurs <laughs> person I've ever heard in my life. Um, had that on the background. I was you know doing random chores as you do as a dad. Then I watched the second half, but I watched all the highlights back as well, and I thought amazing. Just like we were. Just that was our most, and I know it was said in the interviews afterwards, but it was the most complete performance I've seen from United this season. Yeah. Um, especially when we had a midfield of, of Bruno, Fred, and Casemiro that just dominated Basuma, Bentacore, and Hoiberg, who were all in there to just be combative. So Fred, Fred's confidence when he had his mate Casemiro next to him, it was a different player. Yeah. Different player. It was box to box. His goal, you know, took his goal well. And uh, he had a couple of other opportunities where he was getting shots. He was playing like similar to when we banged on about Hoiberg last week. So kind of similar to how he's kind of playing a little bit. And uh, I know the best mates out there and whatnot. And I think that makes a difference. That's really good. Massively. And this is what happened. This is why McFred never worked because McFred are the same player. Then bo- mm. They're both box-to-box midfielders. Neither of them are a holding midfielder like Casemiro, which is yeah. why both of them look really good next to Casemiro. Um, yeah, happy happy with that. Anyway, that's enough United chat. Uh, Kane against Salah. So we want I wanted to talk about Carry Kane. Um, he'd been returning in basically every single game, uh, other than game week one until last night. So you can, no one can complain about how amazing Kane's been this season. Uh, a lot of people have been. This is more of a wild card conversation than it is um, an actual transfer conversation. People have been talking about should I get Kane or Salah on a wild card. Uh, you can obviously get both, but um, I think that stops you being able to afford Saka, Foden, um, potentially, you know, Anthony Gordon, obviously. Uh, but any of these other players that you're wanting to and, and stops you potentially getting Cancelo as well. Harry Kane has got Newcastle at home, Bournemouth away, Liverpool at home, Leeds at home. So he's got Newcastle at home, which is a iffy fixture. Bournemouth away, which is again, Bournemouth have shown some quite decent form, really. So, so it's okay. Liverpool at home going to be tough, even though Liverpool, uh, I think, probably a little bit lucky because you have to say that because a penalty was missed um, or saved. Actually, no, I give Amazon credit. A penalty was saved, um, so and they deserve to win by the looks of all the uh, by the looks of things last night. That's for sure. Uh, so it looks like Liverpool are doing well, and uh, Leeds sorry Leeds at home. And Salah's got Forest next away, but it doesn't matter. It's Forest. Leeds at home and then Spurs away and then Southampton at home. I think he's got three fantastic fixtures in the next four. Uh, simple. If you want one of each, one or one or the other, it's it's Salah for me, personally. Um, even though when you're looking at his points um and his goals, nine to compare to three. He's got four assists compared to Kane's two expected points. He's got 58.5 compared to Kane's 80. So this season, Kane's been uh, drowning him out. That's for sure. But I, I, Scott, what, what do you think? Salah or Kane is on the wild card? Um, it's, it's really tough. It is really tough. I, I think there's a case for neither at the minute. Okay, like this. Salah's well. Salah's doesn't still. He doesn't look great. Still, um, I think we've got a question about that. Um, we have. Is yeah. it, should we get excited about one game week of Salah yeah. delivering? I mean, don't get me wrong. His goal was incredible against City. Um, but should we get excited about it? And that was the question that came in. I mean, the goal was a mistake from Cancelo. He took it really well, but it's a mistake from Cancelo. Um, he looked great against Rangers. Um, no offense to any Scottish fans. They're a Championship level team, so. Um, it's if what would Salah do against the Middlesbrough, for example? Um, I, yeah, I, I, he didn't look good last night. He didn't, he didn't really get on the ball much, and I don't know if he's biased because I'm captain. I was getting annoyed, but um, 
Yeah, it doesn't look great. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be tearing my team up as you you would usually say, Alex, to get Salah into my team. Obviously, if it's a wild card one, I still wouldn't get Salah into my team at the minute. I would I would watch and see we play is that Forest game is juicy, but it's a Saturday at twelve thirty. And everyone knows it's the early kickoff, Scott. It's the early kickoff on a Saturday, and I hate it. I hate it. And uh it's going to be like a 1-0 game. Nunes maybe scores the goal. But yeah, I would probably I would lean on Kane to get in the, if I was doing a wild card. Would you? So um, we're going to obviously try and put something a little bit together. But let me throw this at you instead. This has been a conversation that's happened a, a little bit in the in the community this week. If you were going for, and I'll put, I'll put some put some statistics up here as well for you, so we've got them for for, for the for the listeners. Um, I shouldn't have got rid of Kane there. I should have got rid of Salah. Um, but Darwin Nunes hmm. has been talked about a lot, and I've really screwed myself over. I needed to go for Kane, but never mind. Uh, Nunes, would you have him? or Kane up front. Now, obviously, we're going to talk about per start here. Let's go Let's go back to the full season, shall we? Because he's looking at the injuries. Firmino has been somebody who's been discussed, right? And Firmino has been delivering some good points and returns. But Nunes has been somebody as well who, looking at this system, is also going to play up front. So I, I will get Firmino stats up as well. But Nunes... Um, Points per start, obviously goals has not been there compared to per per game. But when you actually look at his expected points per match, he's still at 5.5. His XG has only been slightly less than Kane's. His shots in the box has been four per match compared to Kane's 2.8. His shots in general has been five compared to 3.73 per start. He gets much more, many more touches in the opposition box. He's a lot less of a creator um, and he's much more a, a goal scorer. Would Nunes be somebody that you would consider as potentially a gamble to put in on a wild card for remember remember we were four weeks yeah yeah for four weeks or yeah he, he took his goal fantastic last night brilliant header um if you're if you're looking at doing something a bit different i don't think there's like it's not like we're discussing getting him in instead of Haaland, is it yeah. so i think you're getting him in instead of the cane with you know who looks rubbish last night along with spurs and uh, you know, you know, okay-ish fixtures, but nothing crazy. So yeah, I I would look at him if I was doing a wild card. I, I don't think it's an, an error. Um, but the injuries Liverpool have got as well, he's going to play, isn't he? So um, I would certainly look at him there. But I would I would still always lean on lean on Harry Kane because um, he just needs one chance. He had he he stung the hands of De Gea last night. Uh, I know the I know he had a great chance, which De Gea said it would have been offside, and then. Great play on by the ref that led to the goal. Yeah, um, but I just feel like that Kane. You can always trust him to get a goal from if he has one chance or two chances of the game. Whereas looking at Nunes, I know you've got your stats there, expected expected goals, etc., and it, it is it is less than Harry, which you'd expect. Mm-hmm. But it just feels like he does need two or three chances to get a goal, and I think a couple of times he makes an error. Like if you look at the game against City, get your head up, lad. Yeah, Sal is pass in. the ball. Yeah, I, pass the ball. Something yeah, like yeah. that. You know, Kane's going to have that vision. Mm-hmm. So I would still get Kane in, but for a four-week gamble, I don't think it's going to be as much of. It's not going to be swinging enough for Nunes to be an error. And if you're looking at catching up, absolutely, I would probably look at Nunes. Yeah. Would you? Um, would you look? Would you do Nunes? I mean, I've got Nunes versus Firmino stats. So Nunes I would go versus Nunes. Nunes. Nunes over Firmino. Yeah, Firmino's a little. Uh, I, th- I think Nunes is a patchy player. Uh, sorry, Firmino's a patchy player, and I think he's had his run now. I think uh, I'd go Nunes. You can see his map here. This is um, touch map for Firmino. So uh, around the midfield, that that second third of the pitch, rather than the final third, Nunes is, mm. is just on the penalty spot. Yeah, that's where he gets the ball. Um, yeah. I think Firmino or Nunes are, are a great gamble for for four. I weeks. think I think Firmino would get rotated to Cavalio though more than Nunes would get rotated for like a Cavalio, if I'm honest. Yeah, interesting. Um, so to uh, to cover off questions, uh, we we've gone for uh, Foden over Saka. Uh, I've gone for Saka over Martinelli. You've gone for Martinelli over Saka. I like that. We've both gone for Foden over KDB. Um, I've gone for Salah over Kane. You've gone for Kane over Salah, which. Just shows how close it is. Let's be let's be honest. Um, and then 
we've gone Nunes and Firmino are an okay gamble, but we'd go for Kane over those guys. I'd just like to say, like I've just made, I've said there's an argument for not having Kane or Salah in the wildcard team. They're both in my team in a minute. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of money spent as well, isn't it? Because you've got yeah. Haaland as well, obviously. Yeah, good times. I love that. <laughs> heavy. You've gone heavy. Um, just to touch on the uh, on the United uh, the United refereeing decision last night. I thought I, credit where credit's due. I thought that was a fantastic play on. Yeah, that really, really well done. Heat at the moment in a game. I thought you know because we can all give referees a bit of stick, but when someone makes just a really simple, commonsensical make, move like that, which ends up turning a game, it's fantastic. Yeah. Interesting to know what you think about the one of the heavy um, one of the big talking points, which is in the Liverpool game when the Foden goal was ruled out for the foul on Fabinho. Now, we all know that it would have been ruled out anyway because of Haaland taking the ball out of Alisson's hands, apparently, later on anyway, mm. when further on in, further on. Yeah. Um, but that wasn't why it was ruled out. It was ruled out for the Haaland foul on Fabinho. I got two Liverpool fans' um, uh, opinions on this. One of them was 100% foul, and the other one was... Actually, in the context of the game, it was a bit soft, and he didn't need to go down. He kind of went down, I, I, just out of interest. Because I, I was, I'm, I, honestly, I, I think just I want to know your opinion on it, Scott. Really, I know it's not FPL related, but I think he just held on, and I think I, I'm just copying what I think Gary Neville said or someone said it. I think he just held on like a second too long because he, he was kind of he's gone from holding on to dragging down. That extra couple of seconds is is now like moving him to the floor a little bit. So I think if he was a second less and he's just tussling, and as soon as he starts falling, his hands are off. I think that's fine. That's in the context of the game. I loved how free flowing the game was. Um, I didn't think it was um, Hallen took the ball out of um, Edison's no um, Allison's hand at all. I thought it didn't have it completely in there. Um, if I'm honest, but I I think it was a foul uh, just. So it's um I I agree I think it was a foul personally because he did catch the back of his calf with his knee and he did sort of pull him down the momentum went the other way and Fabinho got the ball so I agree with that it, it's the it's the VAR thing isn't it it's the is that re refereeing the game is it clear and obvious there's such a massive debate mm. about it like should that be something that's overturned because then it's not oh we're we're just changing clear and obvious errors we're re refereeing the game and it's that. That fine line. I did. I did think it was clear and obvious. I was shocked it wasn't a foul at the time. But, but I, I think, I think just, just touching on VAR and anyone who's listening to the main man, Ali McCoist, this, this midweek, which is absolutely the best thing about Prime, by the way, Ali McCoist. <laughs> um, it's just so honest and refreshing, and he's just saying what everyone thinks. Like, why do these decisions take so long? Um, yeah. And why? And why? Why can't the VAR person have the ball to tell the ref what the decision is? Why is he going a lot of the time to the monitor? They brought mm-hmm. it in. I know because they're like, oh, they're not going to the monitor enough. But for stupid decisions, just say it's not a foul or it's a foul. You're a referee yourself. Mm-hmm. You've got all the replays. Just tell the ref. Yeah, this is the thing, but then they go like, "Oh, it's not." They're re-refereeing the game. What's the point in the referee? And it's like a so. Um, uh, one of the other lads I was chatting to about about the Liverpool fan was saying, "Well, why can't it be corners and throw-ins?" You know, like it's a, a, cor- a corners a, a one-second decision. Yeah, if, I it, agree. if it's tight, it's um, yeah. I agree. I agree. If it's black and white things like that, they they should just like, no, that was a corner. That was a throw. Yeah, because it is black and white. That's why yeah. I like it for offsides. I mean, I know yeah. we I got a bit of stick for saying it's black and white, it's offside, it is or it isn't, mm. but it's always going to be offside by a centimetre or yeah. not. Where, wherever exactly. you draw the line, it's always going to be that. So exactly. I, I like the the, the, the touch and go. I anyway, think, I think I think really quickly VAR's been a lot better than this season. We've not talked about it a lot, so it must be doing all right this season. And the games are flowing, and I love that. Yeah, I agree. Um, so to touch on it, uh, Spurs... Uh, options. I I don't I, I don't mind if you've got like a Dyer Romero holding mm. on to them. Uh, Perisic, your minutes are going to get managed. And yeah. He's quite expensive. I I don't I wouldn't I'd, I definitely wouldn't be buying him. But also no. I probably wouldn't waste the transfer on selling him. No. Um, in terms of attacking assets, it's it's Kane and and, and Kane only if you want to go for one. Yeah. Um, Liverpool assets. If we were going for them. 
uh, quick. Uh, we're spending a bit bit long on Liverpool, aren't we? But d- defend defenders as well, because obviously the Salah, Nunes, Firmino, um, uh, any of them are any of them are okay. Salah's obviously quite expensive, and they're all, well, they're all quite expensive, really. But again, they're all okay. Would you go for any defenders? Yeah, two clean sheets in the last two games. I'd go Trent. So still the most, still the most attacking player. Yeah, um, yeah. or a bit more. Of, you can't, I, you can't really gamble now on Simicast because Robbo's back. So, yeah, and uh, no, no qualms about maybe going for a Van Dyke. Uh, to be honest, I agree with that. I go Verge mm. personally right now. Um, picks up the bonus points. I still think Trent's not been informed this season. Yeah. Um, I think they're looking better at the back, and that's why I'd, I'd, I'd look at, uh, look at Verge. Yeah. Uh, two. Um, to to break up to break this up, Scott, we had some very uh, uh, well. The political world's crazy at the moment. We had the shortest term for a prime minister uh, in uh, in United Kingdom history, and today with Liz Trust giving her resignation, and it reminded me of um, Premier League managers. Did you know there's only one Premier League manager that has served for less time than Liz Trust did? Wow. As Prime Minister, there's only been one manager that got sacked sooner than Liz Truss resigned. Do you know who that manager was? Good question. What what era? Early Prem, mid Prem, late Prem? Uh, mid Prem, so 2006, I think it was. I'm just going to quickly look that. I think it was 2006 for um, for the context of everybody listening. I feel like it's a French manager. Uh, no, it's it's not, and uh, it, it's not. And do you know what the f- first first person I thought of was Frank de Boer? But he was no, third. I thought when you were saying that, I was thinking Frank de Boer. Yeah. But he, th- was, th- he, he was, was third longest. Yeah, it was like yeah. six 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 games, no wins, no goals, or something, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, it uh, was uh, no, it was. Um, I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure it's, he's he's English. Uh, an English manager. Oh, is it um, Hull? No, he was a it was at Charlton. Alan Pardew followed him. 2006. Pardew then. Oh, I do. I know. I know it is. Chubby guy glasses. Yeah. Yeah. That's oh. that, That's him. Yo, you're going to kick yourself when I tell you now because you do know Give, it as oh. well. Give me his first letter. Uh, it's uh, His first name starts with an L. Uh, Lee, Len. Les. That's it. I knew it. Les. Um, what's his second name begin with? An R. <laughs> an R. It begins with an R. Les Reed. Les Reed. Yeah. <laughs> Les Reed. The that thing is, it. if you had been put under pressure on this pod, you'd have got that. I'd have got that. You know thought... me. I love my Premier League years. Yeah. You'd, you'd no, have definitely thought about that. I remember oh, that because he was. Um, he used to be. He used to be like a little teacher, or he, he yeah. did something like something else. Random. He actually wrote the official F, uh, FA guide to basic team coaching. Yeah, I knew he'd submit <laughs> like that. Yeah, <laughs> which, is, which is one of my favourite facts. I love yeah. that. And um, yeah, he uh, he was in charge for forty one days of Charlton Athletic from the fourteenth of November two thousand and six to the twenty. He was he was sacked on uh, on Christmas Eve. Padre um, came in, yeah, because Curtis was at West Ham. Yeah, he went to West yeah. Ham, yeah. I remember and that. Uh, we uh, the but to be fair, Liz, Liz Truss's forty four days, ten of it was shut down because the Queen died. So actually, she only she was actually only in for thirty four days proper. But uh, yeah, Les Reed, the only person to serve for less time than Liz Truss. Wow. Um, the the next next one was Rennie Moulinstein at Fulham seventy five days, and yeah, then it was, was... and then it was uh, Frank De Boer. Rennie Moulinstein was that Felix McGrath came after that I think. Do you remember? Oh, I do remember Felix. It was uh, he was placed soon by Felix McGrath. It was right. Yeah, oh. yeah, Felix McGrath was next. There you go. You see, you know your stuff, Scott. Anyway, I hope uh, everyone enjoyed that uh, little, bit of, uh, <laughs> little bit, little bit, little bit of trivia because I I uh, I did enjoy that one earlier when I was listening to it on the radio and I thought that's hilarious. Uh, what a shambles, eh? It's a lot of them. <laughs> uh, Wolves, uh, Baz a shout of Johnny didn't play, did he? <laughs> yeah, cheers, Baz. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Bueno played well at left back. Yeah, yeah clean sheet before, didn't he? So it was all right. Um, but Wolves, Leicester, Brentford, Brighton and Arsenal, again, three home fixtures. Wait and see, because no one wants to manage them still, so I'm not really sure. Yeah. Um, Crystal Palace... Interesting. Uh, so Everton, Southampton, West Ham and Forest. Good fixtures. Uh, three of them are away, though. Everyone who's got Zahari did return, got a bonus point. Eze as well looks looks good. Um, a few people have been talking about, should I sell Zaha or Eze to be able to get Foden or Saka? 
I, it, it's, I'd keep hold of Zaha if you can do, and I'd try to find another way of getting Foden yeah. or Saka. But I would prefer to have Foden or Saka or potentially even Martinelli over Zaha, though, still, if I had it. Because I, I feel yeah. like their ceilings are higher. So if that is your decision, I wouldn't do a minus four for it. But if that's your only way of getting Foden in, for example, you have to sell Zaha for a straight transfer. Probably would do it. Yeah. Um, even though I wouldn't really want to sell Zaha, especially if I had some value wrapped up in him. And again, the defenders look all right. Mitchell, Anderson, yeah. Gehi, they're all right. They're all right players to have. Some, and in the guy seems like he's nailed as, as the number one. So again, they're okay players. Forrest, again, you don't really touch them, do you? Let's be honest. God, yeah. ne- Neko, what a legend. Six points. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Williams. What a yeah. guy. Yeah, top one. We needed that. Bournemouth, still doing okay. Uh, West Ham, Spurs, Leeds and Everton. A couple of home games in there. Mr. Solanke's been delivering, but again, I wouldn't be putting him in now for no. in his little runs uh, finished, which were when they were doing really well. Interesting to see how uh, Villa and Leeds get on tonight. And obviously, we've uh, we've discussed Arsenal. Fulham, uh, Leeds, Everton at home, City away, Man U at home. So, I wouldn't be, if I was wildcarding right now, I wouldn't put any Fulham players in my team. No. I wouldn't be selling them now. They've got Leeds and Everton next to, but, you know, half the fixtures against the Manchester clubs. So, again, I wouldn't be putting them in if I was wildcarding. Chelsea are now probably a sell. The rotation there is, is mental. <laughs> it um, must must be tough to have a couple of them players in there. It's, it's, it's really, it, do you know what? It's, it's really hurt because that was, those are my differentials. And yeah. I didn't realise Graham Potter would get really giddy and f- pretend like he was playing football manager because and just start transferring them all around and dropping them and bringing them in. I, I didn't... I, whatever. But, um, yeah, so still selling for a minus four this week. Yeah, I am. It's exactly what I'm doing. Um, he can go. He can He can disappear for me um, in terms of uh, options now. Any of the Chelsea players can do. Newcastle, Spurs, Villa, Southampton and Chelsea. They're quite far down the fixture ticket, but I don't actually think their fixtures are that bad. Spurs away is not an easy game, but then Villa and Southampton at home and then away are actually quite decent fixtures. Mm. So again, if I was looking at a wildcard team, I'd probably have Trippier still in it. Um, I don't know if I'd have have anyone else though. Almiron, the kids' flames. He's He's better than Jack Grealish. Jack Grealish is, uh, <laughs> you know, sort of Mickey out of him, didn't he? In the last season, the junk, junk boy Jack. Mm, yeah, Almiron. Almiron. Yeah, I think, and, and I love Bruno Gomez. I brought him in this week. I think he's he's a great playmaker for them. Not doing too bad there as well. Uh, Man United after this Chelsea game, they've got West Ham, Villa, and Fulham. So uh, this Chelsea, I, I think United at the moment are are, are looking like a team where mm. if if I was wild carding. I'd have probably a Rashford or an Anthony in my team, I think. I think I'd probably have in midfield Foden, Saka, potentially Martinelli as well. And then it would be one of the United assets. And then potentially maybe even like a Zaha or someone along those lines. I'd go quite that sort of bracket in terms of in terms of midfielders. I don't know what your thoughts are on on, on yeah. United. That's pretty obviously we touched on them already, but United's midfielders. To- Tony, I'd bring in uh as in Anthony. Uh not Ivan Tony. I've not lost the plot. Uh well, no, well, to be fair, Villa away, Wolves at home, <laughs> Forest away. Oh no, yeah, you would bring potentially bring Ivan Tony in if you want to go uh, you want to free you know your assets up in midfield. And this is when I said like I'd, I potentially wouldn't have Kane or Salah because I quite like that midfield with Zaha, you just said. And also, Tony in there, Haaland, and what, a Mitrovic up top? I don't think that's bad at all. Um, but yeah, Anthony Anthony looks class. I think he's the real deal. Your third strike is really interesting, because if I was wildcarding, I wouldn't have Mitrovic. If I was wildcarding, like, it's, it's, I'd almost go for just a, I was going to say dead third striker. I'd probably go for someone like 4.3, who's just not going to play. You know, like with with yeah. four weeks to go, and then if I needed to to then invest the money in, um, you know, like say Harland and Tony, then that midfield we've just described, mm-hmm. and then go Trippier, Cancelo, um, potentially then get on a Liverpool defender, Van Dijk, Trent, someone at the back, and then a couple of playing defenders who are cheap, and then in terms of goal, you'd obviously have Ward as your backup keeper. Why would you? Why would you ever not really? And then you'd have a look at um, another another goalkeeper. You could potentially look at 
probably wouldn't look at Ramsdale really, but you know, he'd probably have an Arsenal defender in there before any. But in terms of goalkeepers, yeah, there's there's quite a lot of options really for for keepers. None of them really stand out as your must-have keeper. Um, you could go for someone like Fabianski if you wanted. Pickford's got good fixtures and getting he seems to be doing really well, getting some save points. Um, but yeah, anyway. So hopefully that's covered off the wildcard aspect of what we were talking about as well. Um, and we've hopefully mentioned a few differential um, differential players in there. Um, differential defenders. Well, I wouldn't... I just Someone asked me about second Man City defender and I just wouldn't do it because I'd want Foden and Haaland. Yeah, I think he's just uh, pretty similar. Uh, pretty silly, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, what do Trossard owners do? That was a question I had mm-hmm. <laughs> thrown at me. Uh, well, we've just discussed a load of options. If you haven't got yeah. Martinelli, get get him in. If you if yeah. you can afford Saka or Foden, get them in. Um, you, if you if you can't afford those guys, then it's worth taking a minus four to drop him, somebody else to get one of those assets in uh, for the next four weeks. I, if if you want to go someone in that sort of price bracket and put someone like Rashford again, like you know you could go for him. Hopefully a straight swap and it not be too far out of your out of your price bracket. That's where I'd go. Anyway, um, yes, top three differential, Scott. Who are your would you, would you say of all we've just mentioned? Would you go for as your players that were less than I don't know. I mean, you don't know if they're less than ten percent owned or not, do you? Really? Let's be honest. Yeah, off the top, <laughs> off the top, off the top of your head. Let's. I'm, let's not, go. I'm not you, Alex. No. So uh, let's. Uh, I know. I feel. I feel a little bit like I uh, screwed you over then in terms of saying that's, that's a team. tough question. Please. That <laughs> it is it is really because if you're looking at like less than ten percent ownership. Um, yeah, yeah, Mason Mounts as well. Yeah, I did. But Ed, Anthony, Anthony, would, Anthony yeah. would definitely be one of them. Um, Ed, potentially an armor on. Um, I like I like Dallow at eight point eight. Yeah, and and he's he's, 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 he's playing now, isn't million. he? Yeah, he's he's playing every time. He, he seems to be doing all right as a as um as one of those players who's a, as, a, as a differential. Um, uh, Bruno Bruno Gamara, that just sticks out there. That's yeah, just come up four point eight. Um, percent 5.7 million I think again great shout I think Pickford at 5.2 percent might do all right yeah. um uh even even Bowen 5.4 percent with their fixtures that they've got I mean the top top of the fixture ticker uh Bournemouth Man United Palace Leicester I, I, yeah 8.2 is a bit considering but if you can afford him you know, to go in a midfield with him, Rashford, Martinelli, Saka, and Foden—it's—it's it's not a bad five, and you can probably afford that with Haaland and and Tony. Uh, so, yeah, we'll 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 call it with with those with those guys. Let's do that. Uh, there's only 101 points between one millionth in the world and one thousandth in the world. By the way, there we go. And I'm six hundred ten thousand five hundred seventy-five. You fall fall yourself nicely in the middle of there, don't you? Yeah. Um, let's uh, let's have a look at the fixtures then to uh, to wrap up for the next two game weeks. And I've gone on leagues and cups. Uh, go on fixtures. Um, potentially might not be able to get a podcast done next week. So apologies to all listeners. Just uh, work or maybe be getting in the way for that one. So we're going to cover off captains for the uh, for the next two weeks here. Uh, Forest against Liverpool first kickoff, and it's Everton Palace. Sorry, Saturday deadline at eleven. By the way. Uh, City at home to Brighton, Chelsea United on Sky, Villa Brentford, Leeds Fulham, Southampton Arsenal, Wolves Leicester, Spurs Newcastle, West Ham Bournemouth. I think it screams it has to be Haaland, doesn't it? Let's be honest. You're silly if not. I don't think there's, I mean, obviously, if you've got Salah, you're not nah, there, early but... kickoff, Alex, red well, flag. There you go, you see. So uh, for the podcast recommendation is Haaland or don't bother really, to be honest. Yeah. I think yeah, that's but... a. Third and it's not the worst shout. Haaland only scored what one goal? No, he didn't score and he only scored one goal the week before. But he's gonna be hungry. He's gonna <laughs> yeah. be hungry. Yeah. You don't want to be going off him. I think he's got I think he's got five goals in that game. Who are you who are you gonna go for then in game week fourteen? Because City's oh. early his early kickoff against Leicester. So you're not going for Haaland that week, here. Bournemouth Spurs, uh. Brentford Wolves, <laughs> Brighton Chelsea, Palace, Southampton, Newcastle Villa. I, I think it's how does Haaland get on this week? And again, if he's looking a bit maybe quiet, I don't particularly love that fixture. Um, I'm going to lock this, lock this in with down, you, by the way. I'm going to lock yeah. this in with you. If he doesn't score this week and doesn't score against Dortmund, you're not allowed to captain him <laughs> against Leicester. <laughs> he's right. got to return in the next two games. That's fine. Fine. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll captain an Arsenal player. 
Forest at home. I mean, like that it genuinely sticks out like a sore thumb, doesn't it? Yeah. Saka, Martinelli, Jesus, one of those players against Forest at home at two o'clock on a Sunday. Yeah. Um, you know, Liverpool are playing Leeds as well yeah. at, at Anfield. At yeah. On TV. On the, like, yeah. I don't mind that one. Salah could easily be getting captain for me on that one. I think it's Haaland no-brainer game week 13 and then game week 14 is a Saturday deadline at 11 o'clock is obviously Haaland, Salah or an arse, one of you, whichever Arsenal asset you've got that's attacking. I think it's any of those guys. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I I like all of those guys as options. Uh, Realising nice we're pushing an hour now. So I've got to finish off with one thing that um, I did get asked, which was about a couple of apps or, or websites to have a look on for additional tools and whatever else to do with, do with Fantasy Premier League. One app that I really like is Fantasy, uh, Fantasy Football Fix, Fantasy Premier League Fix, the app, because that gives you um, price changes predicted and updates. You can also find those out on what's, uh, what's called Live FPL. And Live FPL gives you um, uh, potential price changes, um, you know, lets you figure these things out, lets you see who uh, who's used how many uh, how many chips, uh, who's captain been captained the most. Um, so I've done like Kepa's just gone up to four. It should have mentioned Kepa really as a potential keeper. I don't really like Chelsea's fixtures, but whatever. But you can see ups and downs from from yesterday and uh, and also today. Um, yeah, and you can find out predicted ones as well. And Premier League Premier League tools, Premier League fantasy tools is another good website which is where I get most of our data from, from when I'm looking at our mini league and it helps you analyze, you know, who's, who's captain to, who's done what. Um, so yeah, a couple of good apps to use there. If anyone wants to, uh, to get a bit extracurricular, Scott, thank you ever so much for joining me this week. You're welcome. Thank you to everybody who has contributed. I had a lot of questions this week, um, so it made it a hell of a lot easier for me to uh, to, to put all this together. And uh, I love how much everybody contributes to this and gets involved. It's 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 great, and it's great for the little community of our mini league. So uh, thank you to everybody who's uh, who's who's uh, still listening. All thirty three of you, because you seven who captain Jesus or Harland are all dead to me. So um, thank you, <laughs> thank you very so much for that. And uh, if there is a podcast next week, I'll see you next week. But if there isn't, we will uh, see you the week after. Thanks a lot and uh, bye for now.